0: Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth.
1: Yo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to another Lion's Den with Seth, y'all. I'm your host, Seth. Hopefully everything is good with you. You're enjoying yourself and you are where you need to be right now. If you haven't done so already, take two seconds. All right. Hit the share button. Hit it real quick. Hit it again, just in case your finger got stuck. All right. So everybody and their mama know that you are watching the Lions Den. All right. So and also, too, if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash stream yard, just so your comments can pop on up and let us know who you are and where you're watching from. Like Larry, look at Larry. See what I'm saying? Look how that happened. Speaking of, Larry, what's popping, man? How you feeling, dog? Hey,
2: man, I'm good, man. Enjoying this wet, rainy day. How are how you? Really you? Yo, yeah, I, I like the in rain, the
1: bed, dog, all day.
2: Man. <laughs> I like it. I've been pretty low key today, man. Low, small. It's been a quiet weekend. Not much going on. Kind of yeah. how I like it.
1: Yeah, you see, see you, don't, you don't like all that hustle and bustle. I feel well. You.
2: The last three weeks been crazy, so I mean, it's kind of nice to have a chill weekend with not a full agenda. Because, you know, Monday right around the corner.
1: That's right. Oh, man. It's always right around the corner. See, it's see look how we do it. Look, look at Big Nick. Yo, what's going on, man?
0: I'm doing good. How you doing? How your brother's doing?
1: Man, slow motion, good. slow motion. How's your weekend, man?
0: It was great. Uh, very low key. And like Larry said, you know, enjoying this nice little weather. So yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Much needed. So what am I the only one that's not doing that didn't like just stick around and didn't do nothing, right? Am I the only one that was around about out of line hitting these streets? Oh, listen, mm. ladies and gentlemen, check it out. One of our homies, one of the lions, uh, one of our fellow lions, Foots. It's birthday today today, oh, y'all. Yeah. Happy birthday, Foots.
2: Happy birthday, oh, I'm happy birthday, Foots.
1: Yeah, and then we got Herm here on the road going back to uh, Clarksville. So, look, y'all take it easy, man. Log on if you can, only if you got something smart to say, you see, because see, now he say he's a, a philosopher. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know where that come from. But anyway, y'all listen, we're going to have a great, great, great show because we have Miss Sheena coming back in and we're going to be talking about more ways that you can A, connect. To people to help you get to the job that you want Now we was going, I mean, all the way on 10 last time And we had to pick it on up So ladies and gentlemen, y'all welcome her back in the den How you doing, ma'am?
3: Good, good, thank you for having me again
1: Yes, yes, yes So uh, what have you been up to since the (laughs) last time uh, you've been in? So I got in trouble with
3: one of my coworkers last time because she said I did not effectively introduce myself and <laughs> in what I do. <laughs> I am, my name is Ashina Johnson. I am a tech talent recruiter. I also have a consulting firm. And speaking of what I've been doing since the last time you saw me, I will soon be a licensed insurance agent.
1: Hi. Nice. Hey, welcome, nice. Congratulations. Wait a minute now. Did you say everything correctly for your home girl? I said, I said every. I hope she's watching it. <laughs> she Good. was like,
3: girl, you just said where you're from. You didn't say anything about what you do. I'm like, okay, I, I got it for next time. Okay. <laughs>
1: right, right, right Well, look, congratulations to that. You know what I mean? And um, so outside of that, what would you say was the most pivotal point? in our last conversation that we didn't touch on well or that we need to continue with
3: i would say um resume content in in the actual job search process where to look how to look and networking mm-hmm.
1: yeah i agree i agree all right then well look let's get this ball rolling how we always do go ahead Big larry <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's get into the content of the resume and how you're job searching. Right. Let's say, for instance, I am looking for an IT job and there's certain ones. There's, you know, IT where I'm like the technician and then there's the IT where I'm looking for the management piece of it. And there's three or four jobs out there and I'm trying to apply for whichever one suits me. I can't use the same resume for the management as I can a technician, right? So can you talk about the keywords and things that you need to have in your resume when you're looking for those type of jobs?
3: absolutely, absolutely. So you're going to, just like you said, one resume is not gonna work for everything. So stop just blinking, sending out the same resume everywhere. That's gonna get you no callbacks. You wanna tailor it towards the job you're applying for. The key thing to do is look at the job description and also their requirements and then go back. They call it uh, transferable language. Go back and change the language in your resume to suit the job posting that you are applying to. So you're going to tailor your resume to the job and the industry that you're interested in working in. Um, Also on your resume, you want to make sure that you, of course, have your name you don't have to put your address anymore that's like an, an old school thing you don't have to put your full address people privacy reasons what have you but put the city and state um, have your phone number email address and either your LinkedIn profile or if you're in tech and let's say you have like a GitHub site which is a site that tech people use as their digital portfolio put that on your resume as well
0: got it yeah Question To add on to that, so uh, how much, if so, if there is an advantage of um, veteran preference, having a veteran preference and using that uh, as a way to, you know, search for a job and select that for an application?
3: You definitely want to include, um, of course, your military experience on your resume. A lot of times, um, particularly on LinkedIn, they'll have you go through like a little questionnaire before you apply and send your resume. And they'll ask, are you or um, are are you a a current or former military member or are you the child or spouse of a current or former military member? So it's important to check that Um, it can only be used to your advantage. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you.
1: Mm, OK, you know what? And and I think that that was um, that was one of the issues or not necessarily issues, but one of the uh, topics of discussion last time because of our um, I guess our audience is primarily military or connected. And again, shout out to everybody that's just tuning in, y'all. We hear the lion's den just getting it in, talking about how you can land the right job. And if you just getting this in, the last time we had the conversation with Miss Ashina on, we talked about y'all crazy and out of line email addresses. Yes, that's right, right? <laughs> Sally sixty nine, sixty nine. What are you doing? Here you are, damn near sixty nine, looking for a job, and you still got sixty nine on it. Come on, what's going on? And it's what's funny. Last time
3: I mentioned, um,
1: see, last
3: last time I mentioned uh, marijuana and. <laughs> Literally that following week, I got somebody with the email address, Cannabis King. And I was like,
1: see there, see there. Not yet. And, and <laughs> so what, what were they applying for? What were they applying for? When
3: I, when I, when I, I can't say it, but when I spoke to him, I said, you might want to change your email address. I understand that that's a side thing that you're working on, but yeah, you don't want it for this particular job. You
1: don't What want do it you it. recommend, ma'am? Let's say, let's say that. What, what do you recommend for our general public as far Use as? Use your
3: first and last name. Um, if you have a common first and last name, you know, your name is John Smith, you can put, you know, the year you graduated or some special number behind it, but keep it to your name um, and not what your hobbies are, not what your college email was. Keep Keep it to your name, as close to your name as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, or your old stripper name, right on. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. All right. And Ma'am, don't uh, use
3: the email address for your social media. Disconnect the email address you use for your social media and the email address that you use for professional purposes. That will prevent somebody who is searching for you through your email address from finding your social media. So separate the a mm-hmm. different email address.
2: There we go. Yep. Yeah. Right, but even when you do that, they're still going to search your name, right? In social media and look, (laughs) see if they can find you. But I get what you're saying. Listen, we have a
3: limited amount of time to search. You don't want to spend too much time on that. Make it as difficult for you to pop up with that nonsense as possible.
2: (laughs) That's true. I want to talk about, touch back on that resume piece again and talk about the reference piece because I'm assuming it's been a long time since I put my resume out looking for a job because I'm still active duty. But I remember on there, I used to ask for references and I used to put like my mama and my sister and some other folks because I didn't know who to really put on there. Now, does it direct you more so to have professional references or like what is the what is the new nuance when it comes to references?
3: You should, um, you don't have to include your references on your resume. Um, what most people put is references available on, upon request down at the bottom of their resume. And for the most part, you want to use professional references. Now, let's say that you have a friend that has a business and you didn't technically you weren't on their payroll, but you helped a lot at the business. You can use them as a professional reference because they work with you in a professional environment. But for the most part, you want to use former employers if you can former coworkers and if you know if you're a business owner people you've done business with you want all of your references to be professional references you can also use volunteer work too if you know like I'm a big big sister for big brothers big sister you can I can use you know one of the office staffs like the people who support the mat support specialist put them on, you know, or, or, you know, even like my little's parent, I could put them on as well. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what, here, this is what I would like to touch on real quick, if you don't mind. Ladies and gentlemen, when you do want to uh, use references, first of all, make sure they know that you are using them. Okay. <laughs> hey, all right. And oh, wait, before that, make sure y'all still have a good working relationship or at least a good relationship. Okay. Because they just might say something that's a little out of line. That's number one. And then number two, make sure like she's saying that the relationship was still kind of professional to the point where they can speak to not just your character, but something that can translate a little bit to the new job. Right. So just, just throwing that on out there because, um, Sometimes we just be fish and say, oh, yeah, I remember old buddy, buddy, or whoever. It was. I still got their number. I hit them up on Facebook just the other day. And then the only thing they remember about you was before college. Or right. before you and so they remember when you was out in them streets. See?
3: Yeah. 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 Go ahead.
1: That's it. And
3: LinkedIn has a feature now. Um, I didn't even realize LinkedIn had this feature until somebody sent me a request for a recommendation. LinkedIn has a feature now where you can ask people to give you recommendations on LinkedIn. And so I got my first request last week, which I'm working on. I didn't even know that they added that feature. So that's yeah. another way to have your references gathered too. Yes. And, and you know, I'm surprised you didn't know that. Did not know. Somebody sent me a request. I was like, what is this recommendation request thing? And I started reading. I'm like, oh, yes. okay, LinkedIn. All right.
1: Yes. Yeah. So yeah, speaking about that, you can do that. It is super, super dope. And what it does is it individuals that already, let's say, have a name for themselves or they're already in the industry, what they say about you is extremely, extremely important. And job seekers or individuals that's looking for employees, they can see, okay, I see what they're putting on their profile, but let's see what, what other people say about them. So, yeah, no, that's super dope. Go ahead, Nick.
0: No, I just got a quick question. At times, we talk about sources that we can.
1: Uh-oh. Did he, did he land out? Here, we
3: lost
1: you, Nate. Yep. Here, let me get Nate on out. Real it's storming
2: pretty bad out here, so our Wi-Fi might be in and out, to be honest. Is it? Like,
1: it's raining and really hard. that question sounded yeah. really good, too. It did. It did. I think he was speaking about um, uh, resources, resources Mm -hmm. that we can use outside of maybe LinkedIn or, or, or other ways to present yourself uh, during social or on social media. Do you have any references?
3: Yeah, there are other um, job sites. So, of course, LinkedIn is one of the most commonly used ones because it is it's I call it the professional social media profile. It's not just a job search site. It's actually your virtual resume. So LinkedIn pretty much has the market cornered on that. I don't know of another site that functions like LinkedIn as far as the digital Resume, virtual resume uh, aspect of it. If someone does, please let me know. I'd like to check it out. Um, As far as job search sites, um, there's Indeed, there's Career Builder, Glassdoor, Simply Hired, Dice, Zip Recruiter, The Ladders monster idealists we work remotely which is just becoming a big thing now because people have been working remote and want to stay remote and so their jobs are sending them back to the office and they're like i'm gonna go find the remote job <laughs> so we work remotely is a good site for remote work and um there's another one um jobs.com mm, yeah.
1: nice nice
3: and that's yeah. just a the few. there's a lot of job search sites out there. like you literally can drop into Google job size search and job search sites and you will um, come up with different articles about the top twenty five job sites for different industries. some some of the articles are like industry specific, job specific, um, college grad specific. so you can come up with a lot of good articles that point you in the right direction of what job searches you want to be a part of because some, If it doesn't pertain to you, that you might be coming up short trying to search on that. Like I know the ladders is a lot of uh, financial, insurance, legal based jobs, and a lot of it is middle to executive management. And so if that's not what you're looking for, you wouldn't want to waste your time on that site because you're going to keep coming up empty.
1: Got it. Hey, here, here's uh, Nate. I think he's good to go. He had to restart his. You know, his dial up. Go ahead, Big Nate. What was that question? Yes, what to make sure we hit it?
0: Yeah, so so often at times we do a great job of all these published websites like LinkedIn, GitHub, all of these things. But I think the one minute, one critical uh, piece that we miss is a lack of feedback. Our companies out there providing feedback to those individuals that have uh, that unfortunately was unable to be selected, and uh, I think that that would be a great uh, great tool. Um, a, a great practice moving forward. Uh, did your company uh, institute that? And what advice uh, would you offer uh, for a company in that uh, entity?
3: For the most part, in, in my personal experience searching for jobs, you no know, companies don't give you feedback. Um, I have given feedback in the interview process, but not necessarily after they didn't. Um, they weren't able to move forward with the, the next next aspect of the job search with me, and, and that's simply because companies are just inundated with you know resumes and searches. And so, if they were to take the time to get back to every single person that applied that they didn't select, they would be wasting their time and not really doing the job that they're supposed to be doing, which is finding somebody to fill the job. And so, it, that's when career coaches come into play resume experts come into play, or if you know somebody that works in that industry, asking them to take a look at your LinkedIn, take a look at your cover letter, take a look at the jobs that you've applied for and see if they can help you find something that you need to change in order to help you be more successful. It's just, I don't think it's that employers are being rude. They just don't have the time to respond to every single person that applied.
2: Uh, mm (laughs) good point, It's a good point. Um, I had a question about not only your resume being tailored towards the job you're looking for, but also what role does being an active uh, advocate in a community play as, as far as, you know, whether it's professional development or like you said, big brother, big sister, you know, maybe a Toastmasters, a sorority, fraternity. If you're sitting on executive boards or some of these things, like, what do you guys look at when you see that kind of extra stuff on top of them, their job qualities?
3: That's when, that's a great question. And that's when researching the company that you're interested comes into play. Even researching some of the executives that you may find that, you know, are connected to that job. For instance, if you type in Bank of America, you may come up with people who are high level managers. Look at some of the things on their LinkedIn profile, particularly the volunteer section. And that will give you an idea of that company's mission and vision and how the employees carry that out if the company has a foundation Look at the foundation and see what it is that they focus on. So if you know that that company is heavily into volunteerism with their employees, then you definitely want to highlight your volunteer experience on your resume because that's something that they would want to know about. And they know that if you became an employee of their company, you would jump right into that role where they expect their employees to do volunteer work. So definitely researching the company to see exactly how they are connected to that industry.
1: You know what? And also, too, I would like to add is very important, I believe, because if you are a part of whatever organization, it could be even prior military individuals that are on a hiring, you know, panel or a hiring authority, they know something about they may know something Mm -hmm. about that organization. Say, okay, well, you know what? They have certain certain aims, right, or certain thought processes or just certain things that that they that uh, new morals, right? So, if already associated with that, then they may bring that type of energy that we need. Oh, and by the way, if I'm affiliated to, I know the caliber of said woman or said gentleman. Right, so no, that's super dope.
3: Yeah, you never know the connection. You know, you may list your fraternity or sorority, or you may list that you are a member of the Society of Black Engineers, and someone's like, "Hey, my best friend was, or my mom is, or my sister is. Let me check this person out." So definitely uh, put those things on your resume, showcase yourself.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Hey, look. So I'm about to ask this question here. Shout out, Miss Lily. She says, "What weighs heavier?" resumes or interviews. Sometimes resumes are great, but people are nervous or just bum the interview. That is very, very true. So what say you? It
3: is a combination of the two, but I would say the interview is going to tell what your resume doesn't because you can put anything on a resume. But when I start asking you questions relative to what's on your resume and you can't effectively explain to me certain things, this is big in tech. For instance, somebody will say, that they are intermediate at Java. And when the client starts asking them questions relative to Java, and I can ask you what those questions are because I'm not a Java programmer. So I I don't know anything about that, but there are certain questions that they can ask that they will know right away if you are at an intermediate or even a beginner level with that skill. So don't lie on your resume. Don't say that you know something that you don't know um, because they're going to ask questions in the interview that may not necessarily be direct, but your answer will tell them whether you know or have experience in what you say you know. So that interview... um, I would say that it's even more important than the resume because your resume can say anything. But when they actually talk to you, they know whether what you put on that paper is real. And yes, people do get nerves. I think the biggest place where people get nervous with interviews is the behavioral part of the interview. That's when they ask you crazy questions like, tell me about yourself. What was your best job? What was your worst job? Tell me about a time when you made a mistake at work. How did you resolve it? Those types of questions that are really not industry specific—they're—they're um, they're social skills specific, you know—and people get really nervous with that. So I would say to rehearse those kind of questions with your friends, or if you have somebody that's in recruiting. Um, rehearse it with them and have them give you feedback so that you are prepared to answer those questions when they're asked. That's that's the biggest reason why people get nervous because they get caught off guard. Like I wasn't expecting somebody to ask me about my best and worst job experience. And so now you're sitting there in that moment and it seems like you're sitting there for 10 minutes trying to figure out an answer and you feel like you look crazy to the interviewer. So it's, you know, all these things that are playing into it. But if you rehearse those kind of questions, you'll be prepared for the answers.
1: Mm, mm see great great question great question what you got Nick?
0: one of the uh, things that i want to touch on you know we talk a lot about and you know making sure that everything is up and talking with them um but companies take a look at a member's job performance right and they take a look at their on the job what would you say uh would be the average time frame someone should hold a position with that said company because if you have a member that's been on a job for like been on a job for like five months and then they quit, you know, what's what's the time frame that the member should have steady steady with the organization? Does that make sense? So
3: that have, yes, it does make sense. And before longevity at a job or at least being there two to three years used to be a standard. What we see a lot is <laughs> what they term in, the, in the, uh, the the talent acquisition world as, as job jumpers or career jumpers. Um, but you see that a lot with millennials and actually people who have just realized, like, I don't have to do this my whole life. I can do something different. And so you'll see them be at a job for two, two and a half years and then go to another one and then go to another one. So that doesn't weigh as heavily as it used to weigh now because they're used to people switching industries and switching careers. It it used to really be a telltale thing, like, oh, this person was only here for two years, there for one year. But now it it seems to be a norm that people are moving from job to job. And and people move because they're unhappy. You know, they may, you know, get in the job and discover, like, I thought this is what I wanted to do, but it's not quite working out. They may not vibe well with the management team, you know, and so they decide to go somewhere else. And, you know, if you've been in a job for a year and a half and you've been in, uh, inquiring about a management promotion and somebody comes in behind you in six months in they get promoted to manager and you didn't, that employee might leave. And so it happens.
1: So I'm glad you said that because there's um, situations where individuals are looking for the right culture. All right. So if you don't mind talking about that very briefly, or no matter how much you want to, you know, Mm -hmm. dive into it, but how important is the search for the culture? Because sometimes individuals are motivated by the money. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously they want to get paid, right? But it's not the necessarily the position, so to speak, but they still want to like what they do. Right. How can individuals find that out in the job search?
3: First, uh, researching the company, looking at their website, many companies on their career page. Have like a day in the life or what it's like to work with us where they'll talk in depth, not about just the benefits, but the other things that their employees do. That's where you'll also find if they're big on volunteerism. The other thing is like I talked about, um, in our last show with the six degrees of separation on LinkedIn, look for people who work for that company or work for that company and say, Hey, Nate, I see that you work with Apple. I'm considering applying for a job there. Can you tell me a little bit like uh, about what it's like to work there? What do you like most? What do you like least? And m- most people will respond to you, "Hey, you know, glad you inquired. You know, this is good. This is not so good. If you're looking for this, this may not be the thing for you." Or they may recommend some departments that you should look at, uh, certain postings that might interest you. So you have to research the company and also look for people to ask.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. CC Wells says, indeed, pros or cons reviews. And that's absolutely right. Because there's some high profile positions or even jobs out there that treat their people like mess. Mm-hmm. You see? And so yeah, I think that's something really that we should be able to look for. And ladies and gentlemen, and I just
3: thought of a site too. I forgot about oh, that. That's right What's Reddit. Up? Reddit, (laughs) R-E-D-D-I-T, Something Reddit like is notorious <laughs> for you know people posting their their, their likes and dislikes about companies. Um, I mean, you hear about Reddit in the news all the time. Like a Reddit feed started about something, but a lot of people search Reddit to find out about companies because employees will go on there and vent, and they're under there most of them on uh, under pseudonyms, so you don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless they say something specific that identifies exactly you know what division they're in or Whatever, but they tell the truth. They, they they tell the truth in those posts. Like, what's the great thing? What's the worst thing? And sometimes it's not overall that the company is bad. It just may not work for a certain person. Like, and if you're the person say. that likes to work as a team, you may read a Reddit review where they say, "Look, you're you know by yourself all the time, and you barely talk to your manager or your teammates." So. If you're the type of person that gets lonely and and wants to talk to your coworkers, this is not the job for you because you're going to be lonely. So you can get a lot of feedback on Reddit as well.
1: And I was going to say that, I believe, and just let me know what you think about this, but some of that information can be skewed based off of a better person, Mm -hmm. right? And so they use Reddit to say, you know what, ain't about nothing. I got something for them. I'm about to blow up everybody. HR was out of line. My supervisor was out of line. Everybody was out of line. The whole spot. Yeah. But low-key, they just didn't do their job. Right. You somebody checked them. You, you know, know what I'm saying? saying? So I would say, take that with a grain of salt. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it still may be true, but it's relative to them. You see what I'm right. saying? And and I mean, you probably was just out of line anyway. <laughs> and
3: look at some of the common things that people say, like if you're a person where you need vision care and you read seven reviews, they say they don't have a good vision plan or they don't have a vision plan. The odds <laughs> that they probably don't have the vision plan are pretty spot on. If they mm-hmm. say these managers micromanage in this division and you see 20 reviews that say the same thing. You probably might be on to something there. So you might want to just make a note. Okay, this department micromanages. That's not my style. Might not want to look at that.
1: See, facts. Go ahead. Right. Hey, see, y'all
2: started talking about something that was going to be my actual question when I got. And so I wanted to <laughs> switch it a little bit. And talk about, okay. um, I am the right person. Let's say, hypothetically, I'm the right person I check all the boxes to get into this job. I do the interview. I kill everything. And then I get into this job and I realize this culture in this organization is trash. The leadership is toxic. The co-workers are divisive. And, you know, it's all this stuff going on. So my question is, do you guys do exit surveys for some of your employees that either quit, get fired or whatever? Not necessarily get fired, but the ones that quit or move on to something else. Do you do exit surveys to kind of improve upon, to use to improve upon your morale and, you know, productivity of the organization as a whole so that you don't miss out on those great candidates?
3: Yes, we do exit surveys specifically because... Our clients, um, our candidates are not directly working with us. They're working for a company that contracts us. So we want to know what is it like to work for ABC company? You know, how was your experience? What is the reason why you're leaving? And we even do it for people because our jobs are contract jobs. So they're only there for a period of time. We still do an exit interview with those people who do the full contract just to see what was the working experience like there. Because we need to know if we want to keep that company on as a continuous client with us. We don't want to be sending people to them. And, you know, it, it's not exactly what it should be. Mm. And I've had exit interviews when I've, I've left jobs also, not, you know, because I was being fired because, but because they want to know, okay, you know, how come you're leaving? Or if your time is up here, you know, what was it like to work here? What would you recommend we change? So a, a lot of companies, including my own, we do exit interviews.
1: Which I think is cool because that's it, it kind of highlights that they are on the growth process and they're just not like, well, you know what? It's their problem. We're the best thing smoking. So we don't care. What they yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyway.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great segue. Uh, this Lily, uh, has a question. Are managers ever coach behind the scene when there's high turnover?
1: Mm. Ooh, yes. So, um,
3: <laughs> In the job that I'm in now, I don't know that that's necessary because we don't actually we don't affect turnover per se because our our candidates are going out to clients. But when I was in banking, that was a part of a manager's actual performance, and it could or could not affect their actual bonus, um, the, the turnover in their banking center. I was in banking center management, so I, I started out as an assistant manager, and then I was a banking center manager, and definitely. Turnover was something that HR looked closely at and so did your your regional and market managers. And so you can get coached or you can get fired <laughs> depending on what that looks like for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's super dope. So look, let's take a step back, right? So we talked about the whole, all right, where to go to look for the job, all right? You finally got a, a call back, right? To be interviewed, not online, but in person. Okay, because we see what happens when people have the you know business up here and then not lying, they got the party in the bottom, right? up. Oh, they forgot something. Oh, for real, that's the color of your drawers right on. So let's say an individual is getting ready to be interviewed. All right. Mm-hmm. Can you go through certain key steps that can help prepare them for the interview process?
3: Research the company. If you happen to know who your interviewer is, which sometimes you will see if you can look them up on LinkedIn and learn a little something about them. So when that end of the interview comes and they say, do you have any questions? You're like, no, (laughs) because what that often says is you didn't really do any research or you're just doing a million interviews, hoping that one one hits. So do do some research on the company. Have a few questions written down that you want to ask. Um, And also, if you can research your interviewer, do that as well. You know, you can say, you know, hey, my mother was a member of, you know, the Association of Public Accountants. Also, you know, how long have you been a member? And you might find out that they know your mom. So do research on the company, do research on the interviewer And, and practice interviewing, practice with a friend. Practice with somebody who is professional in the field. Have them ask you questions about your experience. Have you have them ask you some of those behavioral questions so that you feel more comfortable when you walk in there and you're not nervous.
1: Mm, see, see, there it is. There it is. OK, what you got, Larry? Hey,
2: now, let's again, I got the job. Uh, I got the job offer. Let me rephrase that. So now. I want to go into the negotiation of your salary. Do you have any <laughs> strategies, tricks, trades, whatever? Let's say the job is offering, I don't know, 80,000 a year. And I feel like, yeah, I'm worth 85, 90, you know, and I come in and give them my whatever I, I decide to offer up. Can you just talk about the negotiation piece of it? Have you seen some crazy negotiations? Have you seen some <laughs> great ones? Like you just give me the insight on what you've seen and witnessed. So I've
3: negotiated a salary before, not in this current job, but I've negotiated a salary before. I've helped people with having the conversation um, about negotiating their salary. The first thing, I, I can't say research enough, but you want to research your industry. So, um, for instance, with, with the field that I work in now with developers, there's a salary range for developers. And so our candidates know if they're being lowballed or if it's a, you know, a commensurate salary. So know your industry and know what they pay in that industry. So let's just say the industry standard is 65,000 entry level and they're telling you that they wanna start you out at 50. You can you know, point to your resume, well, I would like for you to consider because I have this, this and this experience and the industry standard is this, is it possible that I could get more or is there a different position that pays this entry level salary at this rate? And some jobs will tell you that the salary is not negotiable. Like the majority of clients that we work with, they're not budgeting on the salary. The salary is what they said it is. There's no negotiation. There are others where if people have particular certifications beyond their experience, they'll say, you know what, we'll bump this person an additional 5000 or 10000 based off of these factors.
1: mm. So Big Nate got a question, and I, I think I think it's a real good one. And, I mean, that's what America does, right? But you, <laughs> go ahead and ask that, Big Nate.
0: Yeah, do you see a lot of companies hiring their competitors?
3: You mean hiring from their competitors?
0: Yes. Or, say, for example, for, say, for, uh, for say company that a member said, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go, you know, put my application out there, and I'm going to apply for uh, our competitors, you know, and join their team. Do you see a lot of companies doing that?
3: So sometimes you can do that. Um, you have to be cognizant of whether or not your your company has a non-compete clause. This generally does not happen with entry or middle-level people, but when you are in executive management or you are in a situation where you have handled confidential information for an organization – there may be a non-compete clause. And what that says is that you cannot go work in the same market, not even just for a competitor. You can't go work in the same market for X amount of time. Sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's two years. Um, I saw that happen back in the day when I worked in banking and I had, um, I believe he was a regional manager. He left and went to another bank and there was a clause. He actually ended up getting taken to court for it because he pulled some of the sales team from our company to that company. And he wasn't allowed to do that. He could not talk to recruit interview people directly that were under him for two years. And the way that they did it was really slick because people would just quit and go there. So it wasn't like he pulled them, but everybody knew that's what it was. And the, the, the bank ended up suing him and his wow. competitor company for that. But do competitors, Seek to hire people. I experienced that. That's actually how I ended up going from like, the first bank I worked for was PNC Bank. And PNC Bank, I don't know if they still are, but they were the leader in customer service training back when I started working for them. They had an excellent, excellent training program and it was sought after across the banking industry that customer service training. To that end, other banks were hiring their managers and actually headhunting them. I literally got a call. At the PNC Bank branch from another bank, asking if I would be interested in taking a look at their company and their opportunity. So that does happen. Competitors do seek out your employees.
1: Mm-hmm. Yo, happened to me one time too. No lie. Listen, I was in Kmart. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm out of my own business. All of a sudden, somebody said, hey, You know, Walmart hiring flat $2 (laughs) a says, Show you're right. Show you right. All right. But listen, no, look, I do got this question, right? So shout out to Chris. Uh, Says, How important is a credit check to a company? All right. They say, but she says, I think it's crazy that my credit report is considered. The reason I have passed due bills can come from several reasons, not just from being irresponsible. I'm trying to pay these bills, which is why I need a job. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, <laughs> So my company,
2: to my
3: knowledge, does not do credit checks. Um, I haven't heard of a lot of mainstream companies that are, I will say. As I stated in our previous show, when you are going into government jobs that require certain clearances, they're checking everything, credit included. So Mm -hmm. I can't speak to, you know, whether or not what they actually look at and how they consider it and what kind of explanation they want, if they want any at all. But there are certain jobs that just due to the nature of what you're doing, they're checking every single thing, including your credit now to become, you know, Uh, A district manager for the gap, they might not check your credit. But if you're trying to get into the Central Intelligence Agency, they're probably going to check your credit. They're going to check whether you filed your taxes on time, too. So um, it it really depends on on the job. Generally, when you have a more sensitive and confidential type of role that you're going into, they're going to look at all those things and, and how they decide. Whether or not they're going to accept or decline something that that's really you would really have to ask somebody that is in that specific industry.
0: Mm.
1: What just gonna say, Nick?
0: No, I was just thinking about the credit, and uh, I got my her mindset on right now. You know, a credit score <laughs> a zero is great, you know, that's a one, you know, everything is good to go, so you know, and that's
1: and- horrible because I can picture him saying that sounding <laughs> crazy as cat shit. Wait, I ain't got a zero, that's perfect, like a circle. <laughs> no, but listen. Look, here's something though. All right. So, how about this? And and it's going back to the salary, right? But well, why don't some jobs just post the salary amount on the announcement? Is that burns. It- that that burns me out. That that's a pet peeve that I you have know, too. It's <laughs> like, hold on, wait a minute. You know I want it. You know what I'm saying. But then you're going to hold back. Or oh, we have great benefits. What is my? What if my benefits is wanting the bread? You know what I'm saying.
3: I think some of them don't post it because those are the ones that are willing to flex that salary based off of your experience. And so they don't want to post that it's 70,000 and then they look at you and they're like, this is a good person. They have good potential, but we're going to start them at 60 because they're not quite at the 70 level yet so i think that may be one of the reasons some of them just don't want to post it but that that is a pet peeve of mine i hate it i have friends that are like ashina can you help me figure out how much this job might pay you can do searches again to see what industry specific salaries are but some jobs just won't post i think another thing that it might be and it goes back to the question that we were just talking about is competitors so i might not want my competitor to know that i'm paying my managers $80,000 $80,000 so that they can one up me and pay them 85,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
3: So, and that might also be why some jobs won't go into all of the benefits. Like mm-hmm. some jobs will say, you know, we offer medical dental 401k, but they not, might not include the other perks that they have simply because their competitors are looking at what they offer too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So here, there's one more I got though. All right. So when we're talking about the interview and we got all that situated, right? And hopefully, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you wore the right outfits. Okay, we ain't gonna touch on that. All right, we ain't gonna <laughs> touch that too much, right? Ho- hopefully, you got that part situated. But now, if an individual or if an industry say, "Okay, cool," you know, we'll let you know something, and they don't, right? Or within a nice time frame, what do you? What would you say would be the? I guess the happy medium as far as calling them back without sounding too extra or too desperate?
3: So something that I did, great question that I did when I was job searching is the first thing I would do is I would email or message the person on LinkedIn that interviewed me. You know, Thank you so much, Michael, for the interview. I enjoyed our conversation. I think the company is great. I'm I'm most interested in this aspect of the company. Just a nice little couple of sentences and a message to them just to thank them for their time and for interviewing me. And then I give it, depending on what they said to me, if they say we'll be back in touch in a week, then when we hit Nine days, I'm saying, hey, Michael, you know, this is a Shane I interview with you on this date, just following up to see if a decision has been made. If they don't give you a timeline, I would say 10 business days, which is two weeks, is a good enough time to give them to send a follow up email. Um, If they don't respond to your follow up email, you really got to tread lightly on how many times and how often you contact them because you may annoy them. And if they were considering you and, and things just, you know got tabled a little bit, you you might talk yourself out of a job. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. There you go. There you go. Makes sense. All right, right, ma'am.
2: I had a, I I got my infamous two part question for you, right? So (laughs) one is going to center around resources because I know we talk about the importance of having good resume skills and, you know, the content and also the interviewing skills. So do you have any resources that folks who've been at jobs for 10, 12, 20 years and never really had to search for a second job or a different job until now that they can utilize. And then the other part is since we're coming out of this pandemic, how much is uh remote learning, teleworking, not remote learning, but remote um working and teleworking, how much is that a deal breaker for some of these folks that want to get into your your industry and like, yeah, you ain't I can't work from home? Mm, no, I'm good. Well, I I'll I'll go to the
3: first part. Um whenever um You are coming, I would say, especially when you're transitioning in career and you've been in a certain career for a long time. It's it's really good to secure somebody who is well-versed in writing resumes. That's not my forte, so I'm not going to pretend that it is. I know what good resumes look like to me, but if you ask me to write one for you, I can't do that. But I know people who do, um, and there are a wealth of sites who do as well. Um, I wouldn't recommend paying five, six thousand dollars, which is things that I've heard for people to write your resume. But you can look on sites like Upwork, Fiverr. There are professional resume writers on there that don't charge very much at all. It, it would be good, especially for somebody who has an established career and they're switching To get somebody to help them write their resume. Yes, there are templates out there, but the templates are really for people who are kind of just starting out that they don't, they don't have a long work history. But when you have an established history, you really want to know what language to use for those transferable skills. Um, So hiring somebody that does that as a profession is in your best interest to do so that you can have um, the most attention getting resume, the most effective resume, and you have the right wording and search key search words in there.
1: Mm -hmm. See, you forgot the other part, didn't you? (laughs) 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 Um, So yeah, yeah, he was talking about the telework piece. Yes,
3: the teleworking Huh! It is a headache for me right now because um, a lot of people are looking for remote work. And I will say this: if you're looking for remote work and the job doesn't say remote, it's probably not remote. So don't don't waste your own time. Don't waste the interviewer's
1: time. Wait! Wait. Hold on! Wait. So what you said, if it ain't there, it probably ain't the job
3: doesn't say it's remote. I'm willing to say 98% (laughs) with 98% certainty that the job is not remote. If it's telework, it's going to say that it's telework. If it's remote, it's going to say it.
1: So if you say it's about 98%, that means it's still a chance. <laughs> That's
3: it. If, if, if you want to waste your time on that two percent as opposed to the hundred percent, hey, have at it.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm telling. Hey, it worked on Dumb and Dumber, so it's all All right, what you, you got? Definitely.
3: Mate? Look, there are sites, there are websites you can actually do a search in LinkedIn for remote jobs. That um site that I I stated earlier, we work. We work remotely. There is remote.com, remotework.com. You can look at those sites who specifically focus on the remote job industry or by doing, you know, a tailored search in LinkedIn, Indeed, career builder for remote work. Um, don't waste your time or the interviewer's time trying to force them into a situation where you can telework or work remotely when it's not listed, because if they didn't list it there, it's probably not an option.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, this comes from C.C. Uh, Wells. How do you move to one career to another career field such as criminal justice? So basically, i uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, members trying to utilize their criminal justice degrees, say, for example, they work in, um, uh, they do social work or something like that, and then they want to go into a medical field or IT field. How would they be able to use a criminal justice uh, background to for that uh, particular job,
3: mm. you would have to have somebody look at your career history and see what matches. Um, if you don't have anything that matches, anything that's transferable, you might have to start volunteering in that arena so that you can gain some type of experience before you start applying to jobs. And I know people don't want to hear this part either, but I cannot express enough networking. Make sure that everybody in your network, your friends, your family know that you are looking for a job and what you're looking for, what industry you're looking for. That 60 degrees of separation works the same way. You don't know who your friends know. You don't know who your family members know. You don't know who their family members know. So the more you get the word out what you're looking for, the more you open yourself up to opportunities. Also, participating in, in, in networking events joining professional organizations, being a part of their email list, following them on social media, attending their events and getting in, in the room with the people that you want to work with. That's how you make connections. Networking is so, so important.
1: Absolutely. So I would say this, too. And I believe that that goes into this question. So shout out to Miss Mary Williams. She says, why is it that when a veteran comes off of active du- active duty like myself and did a 20 plus career are considered quote unquote old now. And I personally, this is just me personally, I don't believe that they're considered old. I believe, and again, just correct me if I'm wrong. Some of us that do 20 years, we have this imposter syndrome as far as, hey, because I left on top of the game and let's say a superintendent manager or whatever the case is, I need to go to a position as lateral without starting at the bottom, or at least knowing the culture. And then so that oldness isn't, in my mind, an age thing. It's a thought process because some individuals don't want to learn nothing new. And they just want to Watusi into this six-figure job because they've been doing something for so long. So they think that they're entitled. And that's, I've seen that personally, but Mm -hmm. what do you think ma'am?
3: Um... It's difficult. (laughs) I'm going to say that it's difficult. Um, You have some industries where it seems as though they want more younger employees. And then you have other industries where they don't want the younger employees. Age discrimination either way is illegal. (laughs) So I must say that if you are caught doing it, you you face um, some heavy penalties by the EEOC. So you don't want to be involved in that. I once Uh, had somebody who was working in a job and they, they were faced with having to do something which bordered on age discrimination. And I gently told them, listen, at the end of the day, the EEOC complaint is going to have your name on it. It's going to have the company's name on it, but your name is going to be on there, too. And so you're going to get sued. So is your company. And they might end up with a fine and you might end up in jail. So (laughs) I would say you should back away from that. And you might want to actually show them the EEOC guidelines where what they're doing is incorrect and that these are the reasons why you're not going to do it. That way, if they retaliate against you for not carrying out what they ask you to do, you have just cause to to help yourself in an you know unfair termination lawsuit. yeah. yeah. so um, I would say, I would like to think that the majority of employers are not doing that. Um, as I said, in the previous show, I think veterans, their skills and experience is extremely valuable. And I know of employers that particularly look for veterans because of the way the workforce is now, because you have younger people that are career jumping, or if one little thing goes wrong, they quit. They know the quality of the person that they're getting when they have a veteran on their staff. And so there's certain things that they don't have to deal with. So I would like to think and encourage you, I believe it's Mary that asked that question, to please don't lean on that. Lean lean on your career and your skills and what they bring to the table for an employer. And I, I don't want you to think too heavily on whether or not they're not going to hire you because of your age. Because I think more often than not, the employers who want solid career people are going to look at veterans first. So mm-hmm. don't 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 look at the negative part. Focus focus on what you have to offer.
1: Absolutely. I love it. All right, Larry, what's your word, brother? Final word. All right. Final word is, Ms. Johnson,
2: I just thank you for taking the time, the passion, the effort, and the energy you brought to the show to educate those that just may not be in the loop, may not be in the know, or just don't know the right people to talk to about job interviews and resume content and all those things that it takes to really land those jobs that they feel that they are... Uh, you know, uh, they're eligible for that, they are qualified for, but they bomb in one section or the, or the other. So, just thank you for, you know, providing this information.
1: Uh oh, there it is. Then it went straight back out. But I think you got what he was saying. Yes, I did. Thank you so much. <laughs> right on. All right, Nick. Go ahead, brother.
0: Yeah, this is very, uh, th- this was great. Thank you for uh doing this. Thank you for taking the time. And for those that are out there that are struggling, I just want to leave you with a quick point. Uh, first stanza is called don't quit when things go wrong as they sometimes will when the roads are trudging seems all uphill when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to weep but you have to sigh when care is pressing you down a bit rest a few months but don't you quit just stay the course it will happen take the tools and information that you received here and apply it, um, to your strategy moving forward so thank you see
1: i like that you see what that boy did. Go ahead, look at him. We got a okay. <laughs> Understand and listen. All off the top of his head, right on. So, listen, <laughs> Mr. Sheena, if you have, I want to give you an opportunity to talk to the people. Is there anything that you would like them to know or to remember?
3: Listen, the job search it is it's it's not easy and it can be frustrating. There can be great days. There can be bad days. You can apply to 10 jobs before you get that one opportunity that you were looking for. You know, as he said, don't give up, don't give up, ask for help, make sure that you network, make sure that the people around you know that you are looking and something that I did not mention, don't leave networking, network marketing off the table. There are a lot of great network marketing companies out there where you have the opportunity to sustain yourself. till you get that job that you want. So I would say, You know, the majority of those companies are not scams. People are just lazy and they don't do the work to produce the money. So, you know, don't leave that off of the table if you're in between jobs and you're trying to make some extra income. Check out some of those network marketing companies, too, to hold you over. And that also that helps you develop skills that you can add to your resume. Um, And as I said last time, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn on uh, Facebook, you know, I, I will help in any way I can, but I don't want anybody to give up. I don't want anybody to feel like they're, they're hopeless or that the situation is hopeless. They're never going to find what they want. It is possible. You just have to put your mind to it. It is possible.
1: Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So look, before we go, I got a little section up in here. I want to inject. Okay. All right. So I want to ask you a question. One last question right now. This is based off of- <laughs> Oh yeah! Now see, this is based off of the book "The Black Collar Mindset," right? So I want to give you a little corner of this. Okay. What what would you say to individuals that's looking into transferring their jobs, right? And not just transferring within the jobs, but transferring certain things in their life as far as their mindset? How can you help articulate to individuals that not everybody is meant to come with you?
3: (laughs) Whoo! You outgrow people. Um, many of us, the people that we were friends with in high school are not here you know, with us now, whether it be that they've you know, gone on to glory or they're just not in our lives anymore. There are family members that we're not around anymore either. You have to really focus on what it is you want for you, what it is you want for your family and focus on that. And if the people around you are not encouraging you and supporting you, they are holding you back. They are weighing you down, family included. And sometimes you just have to let them go. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be mean, but you may not be able to go to every family or friend function. You may not be able to pick up that phone every time you may not be able to answer every tech text message, but you have to focus on what's best for you and for your family and You know, as you said, Seth, everybody cannot go. Some people, in order for you to get to the next level, you are going to have to leave some people behind.
1: What you said, and I don't think individuals can really understand that for real, for real, because they are afraid of what individuals are going to say, so ladies and gentlemen, I just want it's to. It's painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Now, <laughs> why, do you, why do you think it's painful though?
3: Because it hurts when when you. I would like to think when you have a, a longtime friend, and definitely with your family, you love them. And, you know, you want to still be around them and you want to hang with them, but they are holding you back. And so you go through this, you know, like separation anxiety and and, and it pains you to not be able to hang out with them anymore and to not be able to answer the phone all the time and not be able to go to all the functions. But if you keep your mind on the end game, as I said in the other show then, you know, it will all work itself out. And the people who are meant to be in your life will be in your life. There are people who you may lose touch with them for two or three years. And then when you guys hook up in the fourth year and hang out, it's like you never left each other. Those are the people who are meant to be around. And there are other people who fall off and never come back. And that's for a reason.
1: Mm, And there it is. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And as a matter of fact, I'm just going to ask that, ask this question real quick and then but we'll talk about it more offline if you want to miss mary she says what happens if you want to move and start a new job right out of state or out the local area but your spouse doesn't want to go <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put a pin in that right on and look you can holler at us a little later on after the show and again yeah, i got an answer for that but she might oh, not like it okay it's okay, because, listen, It sometimes you don't always get what you want. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? But you get what you need. <laughs> and if you want a little bit more of that, ladies and gentlemen, y'all go to www.theblackcollarmindset.com to get your mindset together. But I do want to thank you, Miss Sheena Johnson, being on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And dropping those jewels and we appreciate y'all but listen ladies and gentlemen this has been another episode of the lions Den. if you didn't take anything away from today's show that's your fault but this is what we do okay and we're gonna see y'all soon next week right on right yeah. on later don't get left
0: behind stay updated make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the lions pride network